Getting dressed for success sounds great until you see that your clothes are wrinkled. The Conair Turbo Extreme Steam Steam and Iron 2-in-1 is your solution. It's the most powerful handheld steamer with advanced heat technology, so it obliterates wrinkles with turbocharged dry steam quickly and easily. It's ready almost instantly and also works without steam as a dry iron. To get your wrinkle solution today, go to Amazon and search for Conair Turbo Extreme Steam and look for the Steam and Iron 2-in-1. When you see someone sipping on a crisp, refreshing drink from McDonald's, you may suddenly crave one, too. And that's normal. It's more than a drink. It's a McDonald's drink. All your ice-cold go-to drinks are here whenever that mood hits. From classic Coca-Cola to a sparkling Sprite to a sweet, sweet tea. Get any size for just $1.39, only at McDonald's. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Just a friendly reminder, CCR Weekly is a variety show where we will talk about the news that is currently going on, as well as topics in the Bible that people really want to know about. If you are here just for the Bible topic, I completely understand. However, I do ask that you be patient with us as we get through the news because we are watchmen on the wall and Jesus commanded us to watch and that is what we want to help you do as well. So we will get to the biblical topic but we are going to save that for last as it is the most crucial and important topic that we have. Thank you so much for all your support and your patience and we look forward to hearing from you in our live chat. God bless you all, and we'll talk to you real soon. Never forget that none of us can go through this walk alone. We are a body, and as a body, we just want to say thank you to every single one of you that tune in every week to watch us both live and after the fact and we also want to give a huge shout out to friends of ours that are so encouraging and can help you in your walk as well so make sure you guys check out shakeandwakeradio.com nystv.org truthradioshow.com and if you want to delve deep into the doctrine of Christ and what it is we highly recommend you check out the Doctrine of Christ series on the Jimmy Vision YouTube channel. And you can find a link to their website in their show notes as well. Tons of resources for you at all of these places. Make sure you guys check out FOJCRadio.com for tons of stuff that just delves into the Bible front to back. And they have tons of resources that can help you as well. Thank you so much for all your support. And God bless every single one of you. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for.
another episode of CCR Weekly. With your host, Trey Harris. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of CCR Weekly, and please don't kill me for the horrible music. It's been a while since I used that one, and I just could not resist, especially seeing as I got a copyright strike on our normal intro. So I do have a backup coming, but it won't be coming this week, so you'll just have to deal with the... uh, the really bad version of Thus Spoke Zarathustra. Uh, oh, man. Hopefully your ears aren't bleeding too bad. But, nevertheless, uh, guys, we've got a really, really, really exciting show for you um, this week. As you saw in the title, it is uh, Order Within Chaos. Um, and we have a very special guest with us this week. Um, Tracy Vinay is here. You may know her. She's given her testimony um, over on the Midnight Ride before, and she is a wonderful help to Brother David and Sister Donna over at FOJC Radio. So make sure you go check out the stuff they've got going on over there. But before we get into the show, guys, I just want to talk about this week's sponsor real quick, and that is... Threshing Floors Farm. So, uh, last week I showed you the Facebook page, which, by the way, if you have not gone over and liked it yet, head over to Threshing Floors Farm over on Facebook. Give it a like. And this week I actually have one of the handy products here. This is organic dandelion oil. This is made from organic dandelions. I know because I was there when it was made because they all came out of my front yard. And my wife has just put her love into each and every single one of these bottles. Um, They're really good, apparently, for rashes. I use it for asthma, um, especially with this heat. It's been really bad lately. Um, For those of you who don't know, I am coming off of yet another battle with COVID. Personally, this helped me out a lot with the shortness of breath. After I had already recovered, let me throw that in there for you YouTube censors. Because I already know you're mad at me because I beat COVID in 36 hours. But you know what? All glory goes to God for that. So you guys can strike me if you want, but you need to take that up with him. So without any further ado, I would like to bring our guest in. And what I am going to do is I'm going to come over here and just make sure that everything is working right before I bring her on screen. Just, you know, last minute double check because you guys know me. I'm so paranoid. Um, everything has a tendency to go right sometimes, and that is all glory to God as well. So without any further ado, here is our guest. Tracy Vinay is here. Tracy, can you hear me? Is everything still going well? It is. I wish I could see you, but yes, I can hear you. Coming in clear. Great, great. Well, here's the good news. Everybody will be able to see you when this airs. So um, everything is going good. You have a lovely background there. I love the mantle. That is just, that is beautiful. 
um, that's just wonderful. So, um, you know, I know we've got a little bit of a vague title. I kind of did that on purpose. But as you know, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of chaos going on in the world right now. And I'm going to hand it over to you right here in just a minute. I just want to start off with one scripture, if you don't mind, real quick. Because, no, go guys, we're going to talk about probably one of the most contentious topics that is in the scriptures. And I want to start this out with a, with a scripture that is taken out of context probably more than any other scripture I have ever heard, mainly by the folks out of the Hebrew Roots movement. But it is Proverbs 25, verse 2, and it says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. If you guys have not looked into the commentaries on that verse, I recommend it. Bishop Ellicott's commentary on this is probably one of my favorites, but this is one of the most out, like, it's just mangled. People mangle this verse, and hopefully tonight you'll see what it really means when God conceals a matter and why it is the honor of kings to search that matter out. So without any further ado, Tracy, I'm going to turn it over to you and you just tell them what the Lord has uh, laid on your heart and I will be here to tag along for the ride. Sounds good. Well, thank you, Trey. Thanks so much for having me on too. It was, you know, surprising, but also humbling. So thanks. And all of y'all out there, thanks for coming and checking out Trey's program and, and gracing me with your presence because Lord knows I am not worthy. So uh, the, the main topic tonight, I'm just probably going to jump right in because there was a comment that was made, of course, you know, on another program that was done. And I was called a Jezebel along with my, my host, and uh, which is actually slanderous. And I was, we were both basically told to take a back seat and that or other people, they wouldn't even listen. They're going to skip on it because women should not be teaching. And this stirred my heart it, uh, in, a, in a very good way. Praise the Lord, because God indeed takes everything intended for harm and uses it for his good purposes to those who love and obey him. Right. And are seeking him diligently. And, and that's what he showed me. And so I'm like, I, I started to pray and I was father. Is it wrong that I love to teach? What, you know, and why would the Holy Spirit give me this burning passion and this desire of my heart if it's wrong? Why would the Lord place this on me on a very heavy, consistent basis if it's against him? And I, I, I started to research, started to be a Berean with this, you know, and, and look and see where are these people getting their bias where are they getting their words and their decision to accost and uh kind of you know it is it's blaspheme as well against the will of the father and a lot of it i think is in ignorance after studying this out i think it's a lot more ignorance than intentional and i just want to shine light on it and i know trey that you do too so i'm going to start in corinthians so let's go to Oh, bear with me here. First Corinthians 14, verse 34. It says here, let your women keep silence in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also saith the law. 
And then the next place is found in 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. And this is again, Paul, but I suffer not a woman to teach, nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. So these, these two verses in all of the scripture given to us are the two that people will hold on to hook, line, and sinker and make it a point that this is why they say women should be silent. Women should shut up. Women should sit down and be quiet. I mean, I've heard a lot of these comments before. And these are the comments that for so long, and we're talking centuries, we're talking, you know, 1500, uh, first century, second century, for, for so many years, these scriptures have been used to quench the Holy Ghost. I mean, it really is. It's a quenching of the Holy Spirit. Because in order to understand these scriptures, you've got to go back and look at, like John and Patricia Hall always say over on Remnant Restoration, you know, context is key. And many writers of old would say the exact same thing. And so let's, I mean, let's dig in. Let's look at this. Because if I just read this face value, I'm going to be honest with you, Trey, if I just read it face value and don't dig, I'm inclined to sit in agreement and shut my mouth and not allow the Holy Spirit to use the gift that he has indwelt within me, right? And so the only way that I'm going to understand what this means, like I said, is to, is to look deeper. And so, you know, the question is, who is Paul speaking to? Who's he speaking to? I mean, in Timothy, you know, when it's, or excuse me, in Corinthians, when he's talking about letting your women keep silence in the churches, he's actually speaking to the Corinthians. And in the time of Corinth, there were many people during that day and age who would gather together like the Jewish assemblies and traditions customs were, and they would debate in the synagogue. They would debate in the church. And this custom carried over into the Christian church that had been established. So when Paul was speaking to them, many of these women from Corinth were actually sitting down having these ungodly debates. So if he's telling them here to keep silence in the churches, it's for that purpose and in that context. It's not because he's saying he doesn't want any woman anywhere to speak ever. And that's clear too, if you look further on, you know, in scripture. So let's look at 2 Timothy 4 and 2 through 3, I believe is where I want to look next. So 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 3. Here he says, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Aren't we there? But after their own lusts, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears? So he tells, preach the word, be in, instant in season, out of season. And he tells us why we're to preach the word. He doesn't specify men only, right? And even more than that, I think is going back and looking at the words of Jesus Christ. So the words of Christ in Matthew chapter 28, let's turn to Matthew 28. And I did not mark my pages. So if I take a minute, bear with me, y'all. 
All right, Matthew 28, and we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. So it says, Jesus says, not just it says, Jesus says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Right? Go ye therefore. He's telling everyone, everybody who was listening to Christ Jesus when he walked this earth, which there were many females at the time walking this earth who walked with Jesus Christ during the days of his life here on earth, right? And he, again, our Lord and Savior doesn't commend only men to go and teach. He commends all of us to go and teach everybody, you know, and I think that that's gotten lost in translation. Uh, there, there was something Brother David said to me, and I asked for permission to say this. Um, you know, I, I said, you know, back then, too, men were being martyred. You know, the, the men were being hung up, uh, decapitated, boiled alive, uh, crucified. And we're talking for the first several centuries of this earth, you know, and there were women who carried the torch, women that carried the words of the Lord. And I said, so, you know, they've been, you know, spiritually castrated in our day and age. And he said, you know, yeah, the men of today are spiritually, he said that the men of today are spiritually castrated. And I couldn't agree with him more. So we live in a day where there's this whole woman's movement and women's empowerment thing, which I am not on board for at all. I do believe that a woman has a place of submission to her husband as it speaks in the scripture. You know, I think also going back, and I'm sorry if I'm all over the place, but going back to the first that, or the second one that we read in 1 Timothy 2.12, if we can go back there, there was something else that's needful to, to hear. And this is when, after Paul is speaking, he says, or maybe, oh, I apologize. I was in the wrong place. First Timothy 2.12. My fingers just aren't working with me today. I, I totally okay. understand. So, no, you take your time. Um, now, while, while, you're, while you're getting that straight, I just want to play devil's advocate for a moment, if I may, because I already know what some of the old school Baptists and Presbyterians that maybe, I hope they will watch this one day. Um, but they're going to say, well, it's very clear that if you look at the context of the Great Commission, that Jesus was talking to all males at the time. Therefore, we can assert through the context of, the te of that, that passage that clearly the people he wants preaching are the males. Now, I have my own thoughts about that, but I want to get your thoughts because... Um, that's that's what they would say to you if they were here. And it already sounds like you've dealt with that in the past based on, you know, what you said earlier and the conversation we had the other day. So I just want to get your thoughts on that, if I may, real quick. Yeah, you know, I would go back to some of the sisters who have gone before. And one of the best that I've been reading recently is uh, Phoebe Palmer. It's this book. It's called The Promise of the Father. 
And in this book, it was written in the 1800s. And just listen to what she says here, okay? She says, yet who talked of Deborah? So this is Deborah from Judges. So I'm gonna actually flip back to Judges real quick. Judges 4-4, four, four, right? Deborah in Judges 4-4. Four, four. If my, like I said, finding things anymore for me is like a needle in a haystack. I have so many markers in my scriptures lately. And <laughs> that's a that's a good thing. That's a good well, thing. Yeah. Well, yes and, and no, because then I can't remember which one it is. And I, I haven't, I, yeah, memory is not my strong suit. So the Lord is helping me with that in my memory verses. But all right. So, well, I'm I've, looking. I've, I've got that if you want me to read it for you. That, that would way. be awesome. Yeah, yeah I've Thank got you. it. I've got it pulled yeah. up. No worries. Look, hey, we're a team here. That's what we do. Okay. Uh, Judges yeah. four four says in Deborah, a prophetess, the wife of Lapidoth, she judged Israel at that time. Amen. Okay, so when Phoebe Palmer is speaking here, she says this. Yet who talked of Deborah as overstepping the bounds of womanly propriety in either judging Israel? or in leading forth the armies of the living God to victory. Whispers might have been said that in using this gift of prophecy with which God had endued her and in leading out Israel to conquest, she stepped beyond the sphere of woman and weakened her influence. And thus perhaps the, Mez the Merizites were hindered from coming up to help of the Lord against the mighty and brought down the curse of God of battles on themselves. But whether there were such whispers is not recorded. And if so, in fact, their names are written in the dust, while the name of this ancient prophetess who led Israel forth to victory stands recorded in the book of eternal remembrance. That would be my argument. It's the Lord has used women from Old Testament through New Testament and even into today to lead armies, right? He's appointed them judges. He's given them the gift of prophecy. Uh, Junia, Junia was actually an apostle and it's spoken, she's spoken of in scripture. Now here's the thing, in scripture, Junia, because of translation errors over time, it goes on a little further in, where is that scripture with Junia? Let me find it here. Uh, you don't happen to know it off the top of your head, do you? I do not. And I know, I know exactly the passage you're talking about. It's, I think it's Romans 16 and verse seven. So let me go to Romans 16, seven and make sure it's there. But in Romans 16, seven, it says here, salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners who are of note among the apostles who also were in Christ before me. This is Paul. This is Paul. Salute Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen. Now that word, that's where the translation error comes in. Okay. So let's look again at Phoebe Palmer. And I believe that it's on page 25 of the book I was reading out of. And I tried to mark this. You know, this is a, man, I could, I, I would say to anybody, let me just pause here. But if anybody is having a really hard time with women being teacher, teachers in the church, uh, teachers in general, 
having a gift of prophecy, having why would God endue us as women with a gift of prophecy, especially as he speaks in Joel, that he would pour out his spirit in the last days so that my sons and daughters shall prophesy. Why would God Almighty gift us with these giftings and not allow us a voice in which to speak his word? Because Jesus Christ preached is prophecy. The spirit of prophecy is Jesus Christ. You had the women, you had Lydia, right, in Acts, who was meeting. You had Esther, who in her bravery and courage and boldness spoke out throughout all the book of Esther. You had Deborah, as we already spoke of, Junia, which I want to talk about Junia a little bit more here because that's one of the ones that a lot of folks, I think, overlook, all right? And Junia, you see, Junia was, it should have been uh, kinsfolk, the translation, because Junia, the word here, is actually feminine. It's female. She's female. And when the scripture was written, and it was actually John Chrysostom who was able to show that in his writings, which he was from 300 AD, so much closer to the days of when the apostles were actually walking this earth, who had accounts from those who would have been, you know, descendants of direct disciples, right, of Christ. And what he said is in the translation, they mistranslated it to kinsmen. But Junia in the original text, and he knows he was, he was able to speak the original Greek text, okay, the Greek language, it, it was feminine. It's a feminine word. And so it should have been kinsfolk. And this, this area also is kind of where I think people miss the bigger picture and where the enemy has absolutely had a foothold in a heyday with the churches of today because people look at it and they're like, oh, it's just another, you know, it's a man or only the men or only the men. It's not. Junia was a female and Junia was of note among the apostles. You know, Paul goes on to speak about all of his fellow laborers who labored with him. And he mentioned several women who were among those who were the greatest of laborers with him in spreading the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, you see. And here it says, um, I love this, on page 26 of The Promise of the Father, many have spent much useless labor in endeavoring to prove that these women did not preach that there were some prophetesses as well as prophets in the Christian church, we learn, and that women might pray or prophesy, provided she had her head covered, we know, and that whoever prophesied spoke unto others to edification, exhortion, and comfort, Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 14.3, that no preacher can do more Every person must acknowledge because to edify, exhort, and comfort are the prime ends of the gospel ministry. If woman thus prophesied, then women preached. You see, this is the whole duty, the whole purpose. It's to propagate their knowledge given, right? That they've received knowledge. And it's that we would, and I speak as one who does believe that the Lord has gifted me with a gift of teaching. And it's a gift of prophecy. And it's not that I'm a prophet by any stretch of the imagination. I would never call myself that unless God himself told me that, right? But what I will say is that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not sex-based. They're not. 
and it never says it in any of the scriptures that we read that the giftings that these blessed prophesying right even when paul speaks of you know i would that everyone would speak in tongues but to prophesy is the greater gift he never makes mention that this is only for the men of the church he's very clear that this is for women as well you see and i think i mean i i think about this trey and i'm like this is what came to my heart like i almost cried when i was thinking about it how many women of god truly indwelt with god's holy spirit have gone to their grave and never uttered the utterances of that Holy Spirit because they had this, this man's tradition, this man's understanding, this wrong understanding passed on from generation to generation that they are to shut up. And it bothers my heart. It, How many? Go ahead. It should bother your heart, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just wanted to give... So a little bit of context here for people who may not know. First of all, Junia is definitely a feminine word. Um, if it was a male, it would be Junias, because Greek language dictates. People always ask, well, why does, well, how do you get Jesus from Yeshua? And the way the Greek language works is all men have an S on the end. That is a form of a masculine word. The King James translators knew that. By the way, I was just looking through the interlinear of the Nestle-Allen text, and the Greek word there, they translate it junias. Um, that's wrong. It is juni, and that's not what the Greek says. The Greek says junion. That's the Greek word there um, in, its, in its tense. Now, but a lot of people don't know this. When you talk about the gift of prophecy, you can go through the because when I was when I was prepping for the show, I went and did my own independent study, which was so incredible because I looked at a lot of the verses you sent me over. But what I spent most of my time was because I figured you'd be somewhere along the lines of that. I spent a lot of my time in commentaries, Puritan commentaries, and just about every single one I read, without exception. <coughs> said that women should not teach in the churches except they have the gift of prophecy given to people like Deborah and Hannah and Anna and all of these, you know, all the women prophets that are mentioned in Scripture. The Puritans, who lived in probably, according to modern day, think one of the, quote, most sexist eras ever because, you know, the Puritans, they never had any fun. They only wore the most itchy clothes, always had a permanent scowl. That's what we think of. But these men were wonderful. They loved their women, specifically their wives, but they were, they, they get such a bad rep, and they would tell you. what, what uh, One of the commentaries that I read actually said that the context that Paul was talking about was exactly like what you were talking about with the debates. It was that they didn't want women and I'm I'm going to I'm going to dare to say this and I don't mean to say this wrong. But one thing I have noticed about especially young women in my life is they're extremely jealous and competitive with one another. And yeah. this particular writer, I can't remember who it was, said that women should not be mistaken if they saw somebody with the gift of prophecy to think it was okay for them to get up and just do it also. Right. Literally what they said Paul meant there. Um now, I just wanted to point that out because that's another thing that, that people are going to try to jump on you on is they're going to say, you know, the prophetess, well, you know, of course you're going to have the new greasy grace crowd. Well, that's the Old Testament. We don't really talk about that anymore. Um, but 
but it's not it's not just the Old Testament. Anna was in the temple when Jesus came to Simeon. Simeon, she comes over, she prophesies over Jesus, and those of you who may not know, prophecy is twofold. There is the gift of seeing, which is what people like Isaiah and Ezekiel and a few others had, where you have these visions of the future. But the main point of prophecy is to preach repentance. Amen. And that's what you see every prophet do without exception, no matter what their spiritual gifts were. They all preached repentance. Now, what is repentance? Repentance, especially in light of the gospel, it's like you said. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. What was one of the things that was a part of the testimony of Jesus? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, that's, that's kind of my soapbox, but I just... That was burning up inside me, and I wanted to to share with people that even the Puritans recognized that women have legitimate spiritual gifts. So now that you have the full context, ask yourself the question that Tracy just asked. Why would God let women have these gifts? Because we see it. We, you know, your, your young men will prophesy, you know, that your, your old men will prophesy, your young men will dream dreams. It even talks about, I believe in that same passage, it speaks of women uh, having prophecies and dreams. Um, you know, this is... This was not uncommon, especially among uh, biblical Jewish thought, I'll say. Um, and when I mean biblical, I don't mean like Juda- Jewish as in Judaism, but the Jews of the Second Temple era would have understood that is what I'm saying. Um, now, I, yeah. I, I apologize for, you know, just throwing myself in there. I just wanted to make sure that people had that because that was the one thing that God really laid on my heart when I was studying this was even the Puritans recognized this, and they would have never in a million years, if a woman had a legitimate spiritual gift, thought of telling her to sit down and shut up. Well, and some would have, though. That, some, you want to know crazy, Some would have, like, yes. yes. But the godly some, ones, the good godly ones that were, you know, the legitimate Puritans. Yes. The good, like, and... And we're talking people like Adam Clark, who was, uh, he was slightly post-Puritanism. He would have been a nonconformist Baptist, a lot like along the lines of Charles Spurgeon. But he was one of them. Um, I think I looked at a few others, but they were, all the ones I looked at without exception, that was them. So I know Matthew Henry does not share that affinity, um, which was surprising to me. But again, this that was also helpful to me because we seek wise counsel. We're instructed to seek wise counselors, right? That that's part of prudence. However, not every single person has everything 100% right 100% of the time. We're not going to, not one of us. So if we find somebody in error, that's why it's up to us to search out a matter, to look at it deeper than just the surface level, you know, in, and not just take them at their word because, oh, it's this person or, oh, it's that person. And to not be a respecter of persons, which is really hard to do, especially when we're starving for actual meat in the gospel message. You know, we, we're craving it so much. A lot of us, when we first come into the, the, the knowledge of the truth, that I think most of us were just about willing to accept anything, which is what led us into trouble in the first place. So if we have these uh, Hebrew rooter, you know, movement people out there who are telling women to shut up and sit down and, 
you know, the, well, the gifts or people saying the gifts of the, of the Holy Ghost, you know, are no longer or that anything in the Old Testament is thrown out or vice versa, that the New Testament is not real or, or not necessary or because, you know, Paul, they're going to throw Paul out. We've got to be discerning in these last days because it's what we read at first. For many will run after teachers having itching ears. I think we're all guilty at some point in our walk of doing just that. I know I was. Oh, and me too. what you said about Joel, this is what it says. It's Joel chapter two, verse 28. I actually flipped there quickly. Amazing. Um, <laughs> and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All means all, all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants, here you go, and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Well, what days are we living in? I, I for one, wholeheartedly believe we are in these last days prophesied by Joel. And I, I do know that it must be with prudence and with great care before somebody would uh, would allow another person to you know speak to a multitude of people it should be done with great care and great caution and great testing i mean we're told in scripture test the spirits to see if they really are from god today my test my big question is are they for christ or are they antichrist and i don't know about you but for me it's getting clearer and clearer and quickly to see the wheat and the tares and we've got to be in the word of God to have that kind of discernment fall upon us and to not just go to the right or the left, because this is what everybody else is saying to do. And this whole thing about women not teaching, can you imagine? And I, and I thought about this, this was written in one of the books I was, I was looking over and I don't remember which one it may have been Phoebe Palmer again, because man, I'm just, I'm absorbing that like nobody's business. Okay. But she said, can you imagine the day that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Can you imagine if he had looked at Mary and, you know, and, and told her about go and tell he, what did he say? He chose Mary. He chose a woman. The very first person he spoke to on resurrection day, he spoke to a woman who then became the prophet, the forerunner of Jesus Christ resurrected. He said, tell my disciples, tell them to meet me in, oh, where was it again? I just drew a blank. Oh, no, help. He said, he said, go tell my disciples. I'm going to find it because I know this and it completely spaced my mind here. And ah. look, that, that is just an occupational hazard of doing this. Oh, my word. Really? Like, yes. I've read this day like three times. Are you serious? And I've read it before then. I promise so, that if you are if you are here during the live chat, you will yeah. my listeners will tell you that this happens to me every single I will literally be in the middle of a sentence that has nothing to do with reciting a scripture and I'll just forget what I was saying. So oh, that's please so don't feel bad. It's Galilee. For some reason I had Galatia. Galatia, and I'm, and I'm like, that's not it. So I'm sitting here looking but at Galatia. But you had the G-A-L right. I, I mean, know, that just give yourself some credit. Count. So can you imagine, though, him saying to her, you know, go tell my disciples, you know, and telling them to meet him, and and then her going there and 
I can imagine the excitement on her face and the joy in her heart in that, that Holy Spirit fire in this woman as she goes to tell them. And can you imagine them looking at her saying, be silent or not listening to her because she's a woman? That, that's the level of insanity that this idea actually stirs up. And I want to read here from, it's the Nicene and Post-Nicene Fathers. This is the first series. I'm, I'm going to read from volume 10 and 11. I'm going to start volume 11. And it's John Chrysostom. And it's homilies on Acts and Romans. I'll show that. And this is this is not my book, so i got to be really careful. <laughs> yep. All right. I know where that book came from. I've seen it before. Ooh, yeah. All right. Well, let's read here. Let's read on page... 554 and 555, what Chrysostom says, and I, and I love what he says, for the women of those days were more spirited than lions, sharing, sharing with the apostles their labors for the gospel's sake. In this way, they went traveling with them and also performed all other ministries. And even in Christ's day, there followed him women, which ministered unto him of their substance and waited upon the teacher. And the next page says, and indeed to be apostles at all is a great thing, but to be even amongst those of note, just consider what a great iconium it is. But they were of note owing to their works, to their achievements. How great is the devotion of this woman that she should be counted worthy of the appellation of apostle. And this is where we're talking about Junia. This is what I wanted to read before, to be accounted worthy of the appellation of apostle. So there are some teachers from, you know, the Nicene, post-Nicene fathers who were aware that women were indwelt with the Holy Ghost. When, when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost, there were 120, right? And there were men and women. It was a mixed group. It was man and woman. And that Holy Spirit, did, did, he, did he stop falling on the women? Did he like, you know, skirt to the left or the right? Because, oh, don't touch the woman. The Holy Spirit fell upon everybody in that upper room. And they all went out and began to speak in utterances that no, you know, that the men and the women of other countries who were all there from Jerusalem, right? could hear and understand. I mean, I think that's incredible. And John Chrysostom says, and this is, this is volume 10, and this is the homilies on St. Matthew. And he says this on page 443. And this is scripture for in, this is Paul, for in Christ Jesus, there is neither male nor female. And in the apostles time also, both men and women were together. Because the men were men, hmm, and the women, women. But now, altogether the contrary. The women have urged themselves into matters of courtesans, but the men are in no better state than frantic horses. He goes on to say, Here are the women who went about with the apostles, having taken unto themselves manly courage, Priscilla, Persis, and the rest, from whom our present women are as far removed as our men from their men. I love that. Women being women and men were men. You know, the women of that day 
were bold as lions indeed they had to be you know we have yet and at least in the united states now some countries they have faced martyrdom and had to give up their lives for the gospel's sake and they still are to this very day you know in turkey you can be beheaded you know you can be killed for just worshiping jesus christ that's still going on today same thing's true in places in africa you know in china all right there are a lot of places in our world that are anti-Christ fully to the point of martyrdom. Just because it hasn't come to American soil doesn't mean it's not coming. And what I'm what I'm wanting to do, and, and the reason I think this has been really stirring in my heart is we've we've got, and I'm speaking to women out there, men too, though, you know, we've got to get into our rightful place that the Lord would have us be in to be used of by him. Other banks go out of their way to make redeeming credit card rewards needlessly complicated, like how they require minimums or force you to use your rewards before reaching some arbitrary expiration date. But Discover isn't like that. With Discover, you can redeem your rewards for cash in any amount, at any time. So you'll never have to jump through hoops. Unless you're like a trapezist, then by all means, go right ahead. Learn more at discover.com slash redeem rewards. Terms apply. Texting privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting enrolls for recurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. My first grader was behind in reading, and this program has made a huge difference. She's now reading above grade level. I use it for my kids' nightly reading for school. We love it, and it's super easy and quick to do. My kid, who just turned four years old and has been using the program since January of this year, can now read read. Thank you so much, Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word ABOVE to 323232 right now. It's fast and easy. Text ABOVE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text the word ABOVE to 323232. Text ABOVE to 323232. And so it's, it's a scripture. It's those, if you're going to have the gift of prophecy, prophesy. If you're going to have the gift of teaching, teach. If you're going to have the gift of tongues, speak in tongues. Do that which the Holy Ghost has endued you with, right? And, and go, go and be the mouthpieces of the Lord. And I think that there's just, you know, I think too much has been taken out of context and perverted to a devilish level of mediocrity or uh, you know, this masculinity or even femininity on the you know flip side, because the world is trying to, we were talking about earlier, push women into this femininity, this feminist sort of ideology, you know, with um, women's rights, hoorah, and completely negated God's purpose in a woman's life, just like God's purpose in a man's life. The whole purpose is to preach Christ and him crucified, to preach repentance, to preach his resurrection to preach the fact that he's coming back in judgment, right? There is that, that day of fire, the day of judgment and trial. And I just, I wonder, I wonder how many, how many actually search the scriptures, you know, to really search out a matter or, or they're just going based off of tradition. It, it's because it's what my father did or what my father's father, or it's what this pastor at this one place that I went to 17 years ago said, I mean, is it really because you genuinely believe that there's fallibility in scripture, that there's contradiction in scripture? Because 
to believe that women don't have a place and don't have a role in God's kingdom in being a voice for his purposes is to say that there is contradiction in the word of God. And I, I don't agree. I wholeheartedly disagree. There is no contradiction. Paul was not speaking to every single woman across the entire world forever and ever, right? He, he was not. He was directing his words to a people in a place, in a culture, in a time that most of us are so far removed from because we're how many centuries outside of that time? We couldn't even begin to comprehend what they were going through or what their customs were, what their mannerisms were. We think that we know, and to me, that's just, a, it's arrogance and pride. Well, not, we only, that- not only that, but, uh, and I don't think we realize that the people that tell us what these customs and cultures were of these places don't even believe in God. Yes. Like, they don't well, even so- believe in half of these places. Oh, that place never existed, and then 10 years later, they're like, well... I guess it existed, but that still doesn't mean there's a God. And that, like, that's their mentality. It just, it is the, the level of insanity. Now, I think it's also important we realize the context, the true context of where we're at right now. And we believe as a society that men can have babies and it's okay for men to go up and shave their legs and put makeup on and wear dresses and have these vulgar backgrounds while they walk across the stage with children. Because I don't know if you saw that, but that's been the big thing this month was the uh, they're grooming children in the in the drag shows now. Um, Where are the men that are outraged by this? Now, now there are some. There are some. They're outraged by this and say, "Well, a man shouldn't dress up as a woman, and you know, a woman shouldn't think that she's a man that can have a baby and all of this." And that's great, but you're only fighting half the battle because the other battle is you're keeping literally half of the people that are also made in the image of God from speaking the truth of God, and you should be ashamed of yourself because God has an order. And I want to read it real quick if I can. That's why this was why I, I titled the episode Order in Chaos. Genesis chapter 3. We all know the serpent speaks to Eve. I don't believe it's a coincidence that he chose the woman to target. She's that important, that integral. Why? Let's look, let's ask ourselves why did the serpent choose Eve? Why? Because she was the one who was supposed to teach the next generation the mysteries of God. And if you can attack the woman, you've already got the children. That's 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 it. That's it. But this is what God said after that. He said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. Now, when it talks about women should be silent, according to, as it saith in the law, I believe that's the law that Paul is talking about. He is talking about the law of the order of God. When a woman should be silent, she should not overstep her husband, especially if he is the bishop, the presbyter of the church, of the local assembly. She has no business overstepping him. If in it, public. If, in public. In public. Right. Now, now I do, you have to clarify that too because I can't tell you how many times that behind closed doors I have said something wrong and my wife lets me have it as she should. 
Why? Because I'm a bonehead, as are most men. And most men, that especially godly men, will admit to you that they are. That is it. And that and look, every commentary I read says that a woman should not publicly, uh, you know, do that. That would be the usurping of authority from Second Timothy two twelve. Um, there is an order to that, and I do want to get. I would want to pick your brain if you have a moment of because we do see a lot of female leaders in the church, people like Beth Moore and Priscilla Shire and uh, Victoria Osteen, um, Joyce Meyer, all of these blatant false teachers. Don't even get me started on Beth Moore. I could talk all night about her because she is so just insane. But I do believe there is there is a line that goes too far with the women well, it's teachers. What, it's what we said the other night. It's it's the problem isn't whether they're male or female. It's whether they're a false prophet. Yeah. And false prophets have no place on any platform whatsoever. They don't. And, and teachers are going to be held to a higher authority, right? To a higher calling. I, I mean not not that we're higher up in any any way, but the penalty that that's a better word for it. The penalty on a teacher is far greater than the penalty on somebody who's raising up their family and talking to a neighbor from time to time or in the right the the bigger the bigger the platform or the bigger the audience the more blood you have on your hands yeah and you see i take that seriously and i know you do and i know a lot of the folks that we all you know that we support and that we glean from i know that they take it seriously too it's not to be taken lightly. Nothing in the word of God is to be taken lightly. This is a life or death situation. And leading people into false teachings, doctrines of devils, the cost of that is death for us. It's de It would be going to hell. Like we'll go to hell if we do that. And I don't think that these teachers, you know, I shouldn't, I'm not even going to call them teachers. They don't get that title. These false prophets like the Beth Moores, and the Joel Olsteins, as well as his wife, right? Yeah. They, they are going to, man, the consequences, if they do not repent, are going to be hell. Yeah. That's it. You can't lead a whole flock of sheep down a hill into a, you know, drowning situation and think that you're just going to do, do, do out of there. Like, no, it doesn't work like that. These people, I think that there, there are some in ignorance out there. But I think most of the ones we see today in our generation, they know exactly what they're doing. I am wholly convinced of that. They know that they're false teachers. They know they're liars. They know that they're doing it for a gain of greed. They know that they're filthy lucre, right? These are men and women. It's the men and women of old. It's the same thing, like Ecclesiastes, nothing new under the sun. These folks, they are reserved for a time of judgment if they don't repent and it's not going to be, I mean, it's not going to be a heyday. I mean, they're, it's ridiculous that they can get away with it and, and that the audiences still flock to them. What is it? It, and all I can come up with is, and you tell me what you think, but it must be a seducing spirit that's over them. That's over the people. 
It is, and it's it's just what Paul warned of. In the last days, people will depart from sound doctrine and will, you know, they'll chase after teachers, you know, having itching ears. Right? They want their they want those ears scratched. Um, and there is a there is a reason that I only brought up the females out of those. And the reason I think for that is is because as the time of the beast is becoming more manifest, you're going to see that divine feminine that that spirit of you know, Semiramis, that was that, that spirit that was on her as she seduced the people and of ancient Babylon. That spirit, it, it's no coincidence to me that that is, we're having more prominent female false prophets at this time because this divine feminine spirit of this, and, that, that divine feminine aspect of the androgynous God is on the rise. You see it everywhere. It's in it's in the movies. It's in the um, it's in you know the the, the comic books. The the lit the pro- pro- prominent literature of today. You have it in the bands. I mean, look, what was the one of the Beatles' uh, um, most popular songs was "Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds." Um, yep. Of course, Lucy that is Lucifer. Um, now, and what a lot of people don't realize about Lucifer is you can find literally texts on Lucifer being both male and female because Lucifer yep. is associated with Venus, the Roman goddess as well, the horned goddess, which is, of course, who the witches worship and things like that. But that was why I pointed out the female part of that because I believe these female false prophets, that's the seducing spirit that they are under is the spirit of the divine feminine. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, it, that's the, the whole Baphomet thing, right? With the, the breasts and the horns, male, yes. female. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous too. You know, I, I'm sorry, but it kind of makes me giggle sometimes when I think about somebody worshiping a goat person, a goat man. Goat. I don't even know what you'd call him, but it's insanity. It's absolutely insane to me. I mean, <laughs> We live in a world that's so broken and so far from the truth that truth can literally come and smack them upside the head and it doesn't even cause them to blink anymore. There is a, there's such a, an emptiness, you know, I walked past my three kids. This is maybe off subject, but just thinking of that emptiness in the world we live in. Walked past like three kids the other night when I was taking a walk with my daughter and dog and said, you know, hey, just, you know, wave, smiled, hello. Not one of them. It was like it was like they were robots walking down the road, and it it did. It broke my heart, and I and I looked at my daughter, and I was like, "Nice hello there," you know. I mean, there's there's no desire for interaction. They have done the devil has done a bang up job of getting people to stop socially interacting. You know what I mean? Um, and so they're searching for the film fulfilling that they're missing with the the false teachers with the things that uh, get them emotionally riled up for five minutes you know and then it it leaves them and it eludes them and so that's i think that's what we're seeing right now we just see a society filled with blind and lost and pitiful and and naked right they don't know And, and many of them don't so your job and my job And all of our jobs who have truth in us is to profess the truth of the gospel, you know, and even if you get it wrong, like 
I get it wrong sometimes. I, I don't, I have not memorized, you know, Genesis to Revelation. I have not. I know the words are written on my heart because the word of the Lord says they are. And when I need them, you better believe the Holy Spirit will give those words to my heart like he will each one of us. But I think that as men and women of Jesus Christ, we've, we've like I said before, we've got to take our place where the Lord would have us. And I mean, if we can't speak up in the workplace uh, to a neighbor, to a buddy who doesn't follow the ways of truth, if we can't speak up to them, how in the world do we think we're going to stand when they're saying, take a knee or I'm going to kill you? I, I just, this is preparation, speaking up and speaking out and speaking boldly and professing the name of Christ in the face of every backlash that you can possibly imagine speaking against the abominations that Christ says are abominations that the Lord says these seven things, yea, even eight, do I hate? We must hate those things too and learn that we speak truth to our neighbors in love. But the love that we have is truth. You know, I don't, I'm not going to go and lie to my neighbor. And that, I, I don't know if you felt like this, but I did with the whole mask wearing thing, you know, I felt like it was the biggest lie at that moment that I could tell anybody because I'm saying by covering my face up that I actually, number one, believed it was working. Number two, I believe that I was helping in some way to protect them or protect myself. And we're told that we should not bear false witness against our neighbor. And to me, having a face diaper on was bearing false witness against my neighbor. So I didn't do it. I refused. Yeah. My daughter didn't do it. Yep. I, and, you know, people get angry at you. Well, let me tell you, you want to practice, get ready. When they start the, because I've already started seeing the whole monkey pakapuka thing coming up, right? And the masky thing again. You want to practice what it looks like to look completely different. It is, it is some of the best practice. I'm just saying, because I'm not going to lie at first. It was hard. Yeah. Not, not to, not to not put it on, but to stand out, to look nothing like the world in the literal sense of the word, right? To walk into a grocery store or a Walmart and be the only person in the whole store who wasn't face diapered. You talk about intimidation and, and the, the, the pull on your heartstrings to just go along, to get along and all those cliche things that the world's trying to make us do right now yeah. to look a part of that is, um, I don't know, brother, that's like, that's some of the best practice that I think I've ever had in my life. Yeah. And every time I did it, it got easier and easier and the fears got less and less. And then, and then the faith and the boldness that only God could give. Yeah. You know, the boldness to smile at these faceless people. I And I smiled at everybody I could. And if I saw one person in a store as time went on, without one, I would go, I made it a point to go up to them and look at them in the eyes and say, it is so good to see you. And I was loud about it. Not like obnoxiously loud, you know, not get thrown out of the store loud, <laughs> but enough so that others would hear. And, and it wasn't because I wanted to be seen. It was the action, right? The action needs to be seen. I mean, where are, where are the true zealous men and women of the Lord? And I, and I see a lot who are like, 
I can't believe that they're making us do this. And then I turn around and I look and guess what? They're wearing their face diaper to comply. And I don't know. I, I say that compliance to the world is disobedience to Christ anymore. It, there was there was a time when like you're talking about with the Puritans, right? There was a time when the world had men and women who actually cared to obey him. They're far removed now. And the men and women who sit in the seats of power in the United States, in Congress, in military, and around the world, they have no care for the things of Jesus Christ. They have every care for the things of Antichrist. And the sooner that I think Christians, real Christians, and, and yeah, I say that with all sincerity, real Christians can see it and stand against it, the better off we're going to be because it's going to wax from bad to worse, yeah. like scripture says. I mean, I don't know. I just think that we're we're at a, at a day when the, if if you believe, and not you, but in general, if people believe that the word of the Lord is truth and they believe that what Joel 2.28 says is the day that we're living in, that he's speaking to our generation, to us, then we should be out there speaking boldly, knowing that the latter rain is about to fall. If not, it's already falling, right? Yeah. And what are we waiting for? Like, I don't know. I just, I just don't understand. I know we all have different gifts. But why, why aren't, well, it's what John Chrysostom said, why aren't men being men and women being women? And what you said is so profound. I read that in one of the books earlier too. It's, you know, the teaching of the children starts in the home. And with this whole woman's empowerment movement thing, the first thing that they did is got the woman out of the house, didn't they? They removed her from the home. Yep. And she was out in the work field and the kids weren't being trained up in the ways that they should go anymore. It was the first, in my opinion, the first attack on the true family that God had instituted and you know, approves of. Well, and it's also... Well, sorry to interrupt, but I was going to say, well, that's that's the whole point. Look at all the groups that are around Antifa, Black Lives Matter, um, even, you know, Karl Marx and his Communist Manifesto. And really, it goes back to the 11 you know, points of the Illuminati before that. One of the things that is without a doubt and no exception with all of these groups is they want to destroy the nuclear family. I, you yes. know, I get the term nuclear family, but I don't like that. They don't, they want to destroy the biblical family. There Just you go. call it for what you <laughs> look, look, stop being a coward and tell us what you really think. You want to destroy the biblical family. We're not going to let you. And yeah. I guarantee you, our God is a lot bigger than yours. So bring it. <laughs> so, um, Truth. but no, Truth. I mean, you know, look, it, that look, and, Women get so insulted. Like I make, I look. I will be honest. I'm gonna go ahead and let you guys in on something. I like uh -oh. to, I like to joke a lot, and sometimes I, I like to aggravate, and I do it only in playful fun. I never mean it uh, seriously. But like my wife will say something, 
And I'll be like, I'll just look at her. And she'll be like, what? I'll be like, I'm just, I'm shocked. She was like, about what? I was like, you're not in the kitchen. But, um, that, and, and it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, but I, 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 look, there are women that literally get offended if you not only just say that, because if you say that and mean it, you're a, you're a really bad person. And I'm like right on that line of a bad person for even making the joke. Um, but women get more, even if today, offended if you say, well, you know, the best person to tend to the home as far as with the day-to-day stuff with the children and things like that is the woman. They'll, they'll, they'll try to kill you. Um, but the reality is, is that's the way that God made it. They're, they're yeah. more like you, you ask my children who is better with them in a highly emotional state. They will tell you their mom any day of the week. Um, and I deal with all girls. I can't deal with this, like this, all of this, like, uh, frazzled emotion. Like I just, I, I can't, I just, I like, I fall apart. Um, but my Aww. wife is really good with it. Like she knows how to like get on their level and talk to them. Like God made it that way. It's, it's not that one of us is bigger or stronger than the other. It's we fill each other's gaps. Um, yes. And so, and no, I, and I will just say this in all seriousness. Um, my wife is a really good cook. So when she is in the kitchen, it is my favorite, but not because that's where she belongs. It's just because I know that she's going to make me some really good food and she is the best for doing that. So shout out to my wonderful wife. She is awesome. She's the best. And, um, you know, I, I, I really am sorry for making jokes more than I should. So as a public apology for my behavior, um, and a public confession. So there you go. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, the God has a perfect plan. When you go yeah. out of that plan, that's when the, the devil attacks, and he is going to win if you're not in God's plan. I say well, all of the, that just to say that part. So Yeah, there's order, like you said. And, and there, even in this chaotic world, we find ourselves in, not that we're about to be in. I mean, that just goes without saying, but that we find ourselves in if we stay in obedience to the Lord and in his word, we can have peace and calm and a trajectory knowing what we're walking towards, knowing like Paul's words, right? What we're striving ahead toward. Don't take your eyes off the prize, that thing that we're looking, the hope that's within us. This is the end of all things. We're looking at that blessed day when the heavens will break forth, right? That there will be a a blast of a trumpet that every eye will see, every every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, and Jesus Christ will be coming in the clouds of glory. That day is coming. It's coming. So when we share messages of truth, when we speak out and try and do what scripture says to encourage, to edify, to reprove, to correct, to bring into right doctrine, brothers and sisters in Christ, whether we be male or female, we all have this job to do right for the body. And it would be, I mean, we would be falling short of our calling. And I'm talking about the body in general, if we were to all keep silent. And I I really can't imagine that really, it spoke to my heart earlier when I read that in thinking about, you know, oh my word, just how many, how many moms, not that being a mother isn't a noble goal and task, it absolutely is, but how many moms have been indwelt with the Holy Ghost 
and given this incredible gifting like your wife right of of testimonies and prophecy and sharing the good news of of the message of jesus christ and have had no ability to speak because of a man who has said she cannot because of what reason she's a woman no other reason not because she isn't indwelt with the holy ghost not because the holy spirit and fire isn't burning inside of her but because she is a woman and the church i'm just gonna you already know this the church has been the number one offender in this and so here's the problem you tell women enough times in enough years in enough languages and enough churches that their place is simply with the children at home quiet obedient to their husbands and nothing more then you have shut out the purpose of god in every woman's life and that translate onto their uh, translates onto their children and their children's children then and then their children's children's children which is where we're at now you've taken away the gifting of jesus christ in people's lives not just women though because it, it goes on to the children so the boys of these mothers the boys and girls well what happens when a woman is she's got this burning desire inside of her and she's got a thumb pressed on her saying you can't no reason given it just isn't how we do it in our churches no that's not really a woman's place well, no, we don't really, we don't acknowledge that. Like you were saying in, in Baptist convention, right? Things like that. Well, what does that do to the spirit, the Holy Spirit in a woman? It quenches it. Yep. And, and now the woman is facing this battle inside of herself. Well, I want to be a good wife. I want to submit. She's reading the same scriptures we read tonight. Maybe just the first two, maybe just Timothy and Corinthians and saying, well, what? Yeah, I am supposed to shut up because she's been taught the lazy way of Christi Christianity or Christianity, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, now you've squashed generations of godly women from doing their godly purposes with the godly endowments that they've been given. And where are we at? Yeah. I, I, think, I think that this subject is so beyond just the women um speaking and women teaching and women preaching i think it is it's a it's a foundational building block that has been dislodged and and now we're we're, we're where are we at I, I mean i really do think that and we're not in a yeah. good place you know oh, no. i i told you the other day that i felt like um you know the post-millennial view of the end times is probably one of the most naive. But at the same time, I think it is as far as, you know, a way to build the kingdom. We should build the kingdom like we're post-millennial. Even though we yeah. know that it's not, that's not. We should have that mindset. We should want to set up Christ's kingdom on earth, which I actually believe is the amillennial view, which is what I take personally. I believe we're in the millennial reign of Christ now. I believe we should be building his kingdom for when he comes back. Um, which Amen. is kind of what post-millennial believes, but they take it to, like, this whole other level of, well, the whole world's going to be, you know, Christianized once Jesus gets back, and that is just silly. Now, you know, when you—but when, you, when you go to places like that, we, 
We cannot build the kingdom of God unless we have what David says, all hands on deck. And that requires the hands of people that have two X chromosomes as well. And by the way, to say that somebody can't speak just because they're a woman is such a slap in the face because she cannot help the way she was born. God made her a woman for a reason and yet still chose to give her the revelation just like he did with Deborah, just like all of these wonderful women throughout the scriptures. Look at Mary and Martha. Yes. Look at them. Um, Look at the way that, and by the way, I believe it was Martha that actually was bold enough to come to Jesus and say, look, I'm prepping all of this stuff for you guys, and my sister's not helping. Now, Jesus rebuked her, not because she spoke, but because Jesus was like, look, you know, there's plenty of time to do this stuff. Why don't you just take some time and spend it with the presence of God in the flesh is basically what he told her. So it wasn't he wasn't rebuking her because she, you know, she was willing to speak. But keep that in mind with this assembly in her home. She was willing to go to the head of every assembly and say, this is the grievance I had. He didn't tell her she was wrong. He just said, look what your sister's doing and reflect on your actions right now. Your sister is serving me. Like, and, 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 you know, I think that Martha was genuinely trying to as well, but she was being a busybody. And, and Jesus told her, he was like, you know, he, he, yeah, he said, look, you know, serve, serve. Yeah. Like she physically served him in that moment, because what does he say? I mean, we've seen it in other passages where Jesus, they talked about food and he says, I have, um, how did he put it exactly? But it was basically a passage of uh, basically I have bread that you know not of or something like that in the book. I believe it was in the Gospel of John. Um, and, you know, so we see things like that and we can go in our mind and know that there's things on earth that Jesus just doesn't need. He needs people who are willing to serve. That went for the woman that he rebuked for being a busybody as well. I find that I don't find that 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 is a, a coincidence. I don't believe there are coincidences in Scripture. Everything that Jesus did, especially Jesus, was done for a reason. Intentional. Amen. Amen. And the the gifts you're talking about. This is another scripture I wanted to read real quick. It's Romans twelve, the Romans road, right? Romans twelve verse six. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophecy according to the proportion of faith or ministry, let us wait on our ministering or he that teacheth on teaching. Here we go again with the word he, he's talking about us, right? Or them, he, not male, he. Yeah, he is a default and has always been the default uh gender for when you refer to a hypothetical person it's only been in the past 20 years that she has people have been trying to push that as the default but just for people who don't know he is just a default it's not always necessarily an actual he it's more like them yeah yeah or or he that exhorteth on exhortation he that giveth let him do it with simplicity he that ruleth with diligence he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. So if, you know, if that's just 
for men, I guess women don't have to let love be the dissimulation. We don't have to abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another. You know, there's so many words in the word of God that traditions of men, I mean, it's like I said, they've perverted them. They've twisted them. It's a twisting for a selfish gain. Yeah. And I have to say that the majority of people who do that, it's, I mean, there's a, there is a nefarious motive behind it. The, the motive is either superiority, which is the case for many, um, if it's done in a nefarious way. I'm not saying that there aren't some who are completely in ignorance, just as I was, you know, like you read these scripture and you're thinking to yourself, oh man, you know, I, maybe this, this isn't how it should be. But the Holy Spirit is so good to, to stir in our hearts. And, you know, I, I don't know if I shared this with you the other night, but what the Holy Ghost gave to me is if I didn't want you to teach, and if that was actually the case, then don't you think the Lord, rather than being contradictory in his word, don't you think he would have made it very specific? You know, he would have specified at some twist or turn within the word of the Lord, it would have been undeniably clear in the word of God. Yeah, like um, maybe, for instance, you know, all the female prophetesses that were in there would have been shut down when they tried to prophesy. Something undeniable. Not even mentioned, right? Yeah. Or, or, um, or rebuked in a very public, very direct way. Not, not made mention of in any kind of honor or in any kind of, of good light. I mean, there, but nothing that you see in there gives, gives a, a context that that's what's going on at all. And I don't know, it just, it, it's sad because, you know, the one person, and it's, it's true, somebody can give you 70 compliments in a day, but that one negative thing that's said, and you're just like, Oh, you know, and then you, you, you kind of brood on it for a little while, but I love the fact that God's, he's just so gracious because even with the painful fiery darts of the devil, he takes those darts and he, he rips them out and he applies pressure. And then he's like, now look at this. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the beauty of our Lord and savior and the beauty of the Holy ghost. When we're letting him work in our lives and move through us and teach us all things and all truth. He brings the teachers into our lives who can help counsel us. He brings the wise counsel, you know, and I don't know. I just think it's awesome because I've learned, I've learned more in this short amount of time that I've been searching out this particular matter. And there's so many matters to search out that it's without end, you know, yeah. but in this matter alone, I'm like, dude, this is, this is incredible that the Lord, he, he just makes it so incredibly clear and how much he loves his, you know, maid servants and his, his males and his females, his prophetesses and his prophets, his, he loves his children. He loves his children. You know, he's not going to put a clamp over our mouths. And, and I do, I think, I think about Mary at the at the grave what if she had gone and run and told everybody and they dismissed her because that wasn't her place to speak yep 
that um, that is that is a and that's a big what if because that's exactly what people are doing now she was proclaiming the risen savior which is exactly what each and every one of us are called to do now i will say this we're running a little short on time um as this is airing the midnight ride will be coming up soon so if it's all right i do want to end on one verse that i think sums up everything we're talking about and that's galatians three twenty eight. yes um and i can go ahead and read that if you'd like um, sure. it, it says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. Amen. And Amen. that is, and look, and look, it goes for all of you who are not in Christ Jesus, read Revelation chapter 13, for he calls all that are both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark on their right hand or on their forehead. Guys, if you don't take everything you read in the scriptures and submit it to the doctrine of Christ and interpret it through Jesus' words, you'll never get it right. That's a promise. You can back me up on that if you don't believe me. I promise you will never get the Bible right if you are not submitting to Jesus as Lord of all even your doctrines in your brick-and-mortar 501c3 churches. That's why all of us, we've left. We have no use for that cesspool anymore. And there's still good churches out there that get a lot wrong. They're doing the best they can. Hey, we're praying for you. Keep on fighting for what you're fighting. We pray that as God reveals it, you will submit to his word. But um, but that's that's my warning for all of you guys. If you guys don't... Submit to the doctrine of Christ. You you have nothing. That that's Second John. If any man transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. That's what the first part of that says. If you know he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ hath both the Father and the Son. Now the implied part of that is too, as you go on, you will receive the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now I can't imagine that that only applies to men because the Bible tells me otherwise. And we're going to need all hands on deck. If you are a woman and you feel like you have been gifted with uh, a spiritual gift from the Holy Ghost, then you need to pray about it. You don't need to ask anybody else their opinions. If you need help, there are people that would be glad to help you. Um, But the first thing you need to do is you need to ask for the counsel of the Holy Ghost who gave you that gift in the first place. And the best way to do that is to familiarize yourself with the doctrine of Christ. Before we go, Tracy, I'm going to turn it back over to you just in case you have any other closing thoughts before we go out. I mean, not really. I Thank you so much for letting me come on here and, and just take part in this discussion. I think it's super important. I think everything in Scripture is super important. But, you know, it's it's a joy to study the words of the Lord and to get a deeper understanding on so many subjects. And, you know, you're very knowledgeable in a lot of areas, and I appreciate that and what you're trying to do here, too. So thanks for asking me to be on here and, you know, and being graceful about my mess ups. But I'm still a work in progress myself. So we all look uh, the way I see it is all of us look to David Carrico because he's been doing this for a really long time. And even he, even he still has mess ups. 
You know, I've seen right. a couple of times on the midnight ride where he, you know, there he said a scripture. It was wasn't the one that was on the screen. Or there's been a couple of times on the remnant gathering where he's reading a verse and he says, "Well, Donna, that's not the right verse." What? And you know, they'll they'll, they'll look. We're all human. It all happens. If he's been Amen. doing this for forty years. Don't feel bad. I promise it's going to happen. Like I said, I have every week I forget something that I'm going to say. And yeah. and they're not even, you know, I mean, sometimes it's just I'm in the middle of a thought like this. Sometimes I can't remember the verse that I want to talk about. It happens. You did wonderful. Thank you so much. And look, it was an honor to have you on. I want you to know that because this was this, what a wonderful breakdown of scripture, and what an I'm sure an encouragement to all the women out there who feel like they have a gift that's been given by God, but are afraid to speak up because of tradition. And yes. you know, and I'm sure. Look, I know there's people out there that are misogynists because one of the things I've seen about Gnosticism, Gnostics breed misogynists. That was the whole thing with Aleister Crowley. That's why he started sodomy, because he hated women. He hated them. Um, and so... Yeah, and one doesn't want to have... A vo they don't want women to have a voice or a say. And what? I just... that The latter rain. The latter rain is poured out on everybody. Amen. Male, male, right? So I'm praying for the latter rain to fall. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on. I'm sorry we couldn't get to all the verses, but I will make sure that they are in the description so people can study this out for themselves. And we would love to have you back on again. If you feel like there's anything that, you know, God lays on your heart, don't feel, don't, don't hesitate. Feel free to let me know. And, you know, if, if the Lord wills it, we'll get you back up here. Awesome. Thank you again for having me. And, and thank you guys for putting up with me. <laughs> so. Oh, well, look. I'm telling you, we've got one of the best audiences ever here, so I'm so thankful for them. Well, give me just a minute to wrap this up, and then I'll hit you up again on the back end before you head out for good. So good. if I can get my mouse to work over here. There we go. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us this evening on another wonderful episode of CCR Weekly. Like I said, all the verses for this particular study will be down in the description. Please study this out for yourself. Seek the Holy Ghost for counsel because he will never lead you astray. He will always point you back to the words of Christ. Guys, that's all I've got for tonight. Take care, and we will see you guys back here next week on CCR Weekly. God bless you all. And have a wonderful night.